Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven. We are coming at you from a little bit different location today. We're usually in our cockpit enjoying a beautiful sunset, but it is storming outside, so we are now in the Satee area. Yeah, unfortunately, it is not always sunny in the Caribbean. We do have some rainy evenings around here. Yeah, unfortunately not. We do get blessed with a lot of good sunsets, but unfortunately, tonight is not one of them. Yeah, but we're still having sundowners, so hope you are too. And we are actually in St. Lucia right now. We're in Rodney Bay. Uh, Last week, we spent almost the entire week in St. Vincent and the Grenadines on the island of Beckway. That's where we did last week's podcast, and we'll catch you all up on this week's sale. But first, Travis made you guys a little promise on last week's podcast. Yeah, I said I would get that autopilot installed, and I did get it installed. Whether it's actually functioning properly or not, that's a different question. It's true. It worked for part of our sale. Yeah, Yep. But I am just a huge proponent of hand steering. I actually love hand steering, so I didn't even try to figure out what was wrong with it. Sometimes it says drive stop, and that just tells me, yeah, it's time to time to hand steer. It's very strange how much you love hand steering. Oh. Travis literally wanted to hand steer for so long of this 14-hour sale that we wouldn't even have known if the autopilot was working or not because I was like, can we try it out? And we try it for a little bit, and then he's like, okay, I'm bored. Can I hand steer again? What like, do you, what? Do you, what? what do you guys do with autopilot? You just sit there and twiddle your thumbs? I get so bored. I would appreciate it. I'm built to stand behind that wheel, that helm, for 12 hours at a shift and just keep that boat perfectly straight. Sometimes I just want to, like, set it and then we can sit down together and, like, hang out and have a coffee or something. I mean, that but... sounds nice. It does, but kind of boring. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hand steering Captain Travis. Yeah. And the transmission. We got the shift linkage changed. It still is doing goofy things we changed the fluid it's still kind of doing goofy things it's working it engages fine but then like going from whatever the rpm is when you first engage it 500 rpms 800 rpms to like 1200 rpms it bounces around almost feels like it's skipping slipping Mm -hmm. and then it once you get past 1200 rpms it just locks in and we're chilling so yeah not sure what's going on with that but definitely something i need to figure out yeah, at least it's been working for us, yeah. luckily, yeah, once you but, fix that. Yeah, because behind St. Vincent mainland and behind St. Lucia, there was not a lot of wind. Yeah. So we had to motor a bit of it. Mm-hmm. So but, very happy that those projects are done or being worked on, I guess. Yeah. Baby steps, baby steps. Absolutely. But as for our adventures for the last week, mm-hmm. we... We got up early one morning and decided to take a ferry over to mainland St. Vincent. It is a 10-mile journey, but it takes about an hour on the ferry. You have to go from island to island. Luckily, it's the same country, so you don't have to check in or out or anything. Mm -hmm. But, man, what a cool experience that was. That was really cool. And, you know, we had gone back and forth about whether or not we should just sail to mainland St. Vincent because... It is a beautiful country, or beautiful island, I should say, and there are plenty of anchorages there. Um, However, we were waiting on a weather window to jump from Beckway to St. Lucia, and there wasn't a lot of good wind for us to sail our own boat. When you go in between islands, there's a lot of island effect, typically, where the winds are really big, or the waves are really big, and the winds are pretty strong, and they wrap around the island. So when you're in a little tiny sailboat, 
it doesn't feel that good to sail up there. So yeah. while we were waiting, we were like, let's just take the ferry over. It was pretty cheap, and we just made a whole day of it. We went with Hanu Time, and yes, it was absolutely a cool island. It really was. So we got there. We went to breakfast at this cool little restaurant called the Cobblestone. Cobblestone Inn. Cobblestone Inn. Yep, and I guess it's a historic hotel. And restaurant. Yeah. But it was beautiful. It was so beautiful and reasonable. Like, it was oh, very gosh. reasonable. Yeah. We have not seen reasonably priced food in so this long. This whole season. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Eastern Caribbean is really expensive. <laughs> yeah. But it was reasonable. So I got uh, an omelet with a side of French toast and some fresh squeezed juice. Mm-hmm. And I had a breakfast sandwich complete with bacon. Ooh. We have not been able to afford bacon the whole time we've been out here. Bacon is so good. That's a luxury y'all don't know that you're living without or Ugh. living with. So that was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, and then we walked maybe a mile or two up to the botanical garden and walked around that. That was stunning. And then we met this tour guide mm. out front, Graymore, and he convinced us to get on his tour with him with some there was a cruise ship in mainland St. Vincent. So we had what, six, eight people in there already? Yeah, there were six people and then us four. So there's ten total. Yeah. And what a cool experience that was. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, while we were waiting for his the rest of his tour, because he had just dropped them off at the botanical gardens while we had just finished. So he sat outside with us and told us some um, history about St. Vincent, um, some trials that the people of the country have overcome together during COVID and volcano eruptions, uh, told us about some of the local plants and fruits. So he was really knowledgeable. Oh, yes, very. And then took us to a couple of hot spots. Of course, we drove around and saw some beautiful sights, the oceans, the palm trees, the viewpoints and waterfalls and all the things. And then one of the main stops was to a bay called say it i'm not even gonna try to say it i always i don't know wally labu wally labu wally labu which was actually the bay where pirates of the caribbean was filmed caribbean caribbean <laughs> no that's false actually when you say the movie it's caribbean pirates of the caribbean no it's caribbean pirates of the caribbean Caribbean. Yeah, it's Caribbean. How do you say it? Now, how do I normally say Pirates it? Pirates of the Caribbean. But then we're living in the Caribbean. Correct. Yes. I will buy what you're selling now, but not originally. So if you can picture <laughs> this scene where Johnny Depp is sailing on the ship that's sinking and he's just standing at the top of the mast and then he steps onto the dock, that's where this scene was filmed. Yes. And they have the original mast and everything there. Right prior to that, there's a scene where there's like three unfortunate souls that are hanging from an Mm -hmm. arch. That arch is right there offshore as well. Mm -hmm. So just such a cool little spot. A lot of history there. A lot of the Pirates of the Caribbean are filmed in St. Vincent, which is cool. There's a lot of of little historical spots there and a lot of spots where movies are filmed. So very Mm -hmm. unique and fun experience for sure. Which honestly makes sense. I mean, you drive around out there and it literally, the whole place looks like a movie scene. Yeah. I I mean, mean, just lush green and palm trees. Were you going to say that? (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say it's it's, it's such a beautiful island. It is so pretty. It's, yeah, gorgeous. So that was a fun hot spot. And then he took us to the beach after that. Um, which was just nice to relax a little bit. And then we went back and he dropped off all of our fellow bus mates at mm. the cruise ship terminal. And then we continued on and had dinner and then took the ferry back over to Beckway. 
um, at sunset. And so we sat at the front of the ferry and watched the sunset over the water and headed back to our little sailboat. Yeah, it almost felt like we were on our own little cruise during that sunset cruise back to Beckway. It was really cool. And it was really fun to be tourists for a day. I mean, we were talking with Hanu Time at breakfast and at lunch and throughout the day. And we were like, man, it really feels like it's a vacation from the boat. Yeah. You know, because when you're on the boat, there's always projects that need to be done. And, you know, just worrying about the wind and are the hatches closed when the rainstorms come through and all this stuff. And that morning we all just got up and let our boats, closed them up tight and just went out for the day and got to kind of relax and enjoy something different. So that was really nice. It really was. And then we got ready to check out of Beckway. No, we did check out of Beckway. We did check out of Beckway. The winds looked good. Yeah, the winds looked good. So we were going to set sail the next day. So we check out of Beckway and there's this place called Moon Hole. I wish I had some more knowledge on moon hole. So we, we checked out, came back to our boat, and we're like, oh, we haven't done moon hole since we've been here. Mm-hmm. So And it's like two miles from where the boat is. And I know on mainland in the United States or Canada, wherever you're listening to this from, when you have a car, <laughs> two miles is nothing. But when you have a dinghy and you're basically sending it out into open ocean, two miles is a long way. Yeah. But we wanted to experience moon hole. Mm-hmm. So we got back to the boat, got some snorkeling stuff. And then just sent it to Moonhole, and it's just this, I don't know what year it was, 70s maybe, 60s, 80s? Yeah, I don't Some know. architect went out there and tried to design like this rock hotel kind of thing uh-huh. in this huge, massive arch on the south end of Beckway. And now it's just kind of its own little tourist destination. We've dinghied over there every time we've been to Beckway. Yeah. And it's such a cool spot. The water was unbelievably clear. Mm-hmm. Like you could see every like the bay right there is like twenty feet deep, and you could just see the bottom just crystal clear. Yeah, but the waves rolling in there were massive. Yes, and we had made the last minute decision to check out like earlier that day, and then we had made plans to meet our friends at five thirty. So by the time we got back to the boat from checking out, going to the grocery store, doing all the things we needed to do to leave, we were planning on leaving at four a.m. We were like, okay, we're meeting them at 5.30. It was 4.30. And we're like, dang it, we haven't done Moonhole yet. Let's just go. So we race over there. And yeah, going in, luckily going there was pretty smooth. Yeah, we were, we were going, going with, with the, the waves. waves. Yeah. And then, but yeah, still in the little cove, it was so rolly. Um, and we kept getting pushed to shore. So we didn't actually get off the dinghy and snorkel, unfortunately, because it was too big of waves and too big a swell in there. But it was really cool. And there's this arch that they were making the house into that actually like i think the reason they called it moon hole is because you can see the moon through that arch yeah probably it makes sense i think when we were here in 2018 that's what somebody had said yeah i'll buy it but maybe we should have looked this up before we're talking about Ah. giving information to people (laughs) (laughs) look it up look up moon hole back way it's really cool it really is so we get back from moon hole get to the boat change and there's this little floating bar by princess margaret beach Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we intended to meet everybody at. And we're just going to have, you know, we just said, you know, we'll go over there. We'll have one little drink, say say our goodbyes because nobody else was jumping with us. Nobody else wanted, they weren't ready to leave Beckway yet. Mm-hmm. So went over there for one drink, hung out, and then Megan decided. Oh, my. Who? <laughs> Who decided? I decided that instead of hanging out at this floating bar, we should go back to Summer Wind. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, and to be fair, this floating bar sits vacant, like, all day. Yeah. I have never seen a soul at this floating bar. I wasn't even sure it was in business. Right. And then at, when we go over at 5.30, ready to have sundowners. Packed. 
at the floating bar. It was packed. So packed. So many sailors, so many. They had like little tour boats coming from people, taking people from shore. Yeah. And it's really cute. They have these swings at the bar and you like sit over the water and it's super cute. So it was just the party place. Yeah, it was. And in that setting, we're like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe we're not ready to leave Beckway quite yet. <laughs> so yeah, Travis decided to invite everybody over to Summer Wind and we ended up having a game night, which was super fun. Although we stayed up too late to want to pull anchor and set out for a 14-hour sail at 4 a.m. the next morning. Yeah, I think we were up until about midnight. But, man, we had fun. We played games. We had some good conversations. It was a fun night on Summer Wind. It was super fun. It was a good, proper game night. It was, indeed. And Travis told our friends, Hanu Time and Bandits, he said, the only way I'm staying tonight is if we all hike Ma Peggy tomorrow morning. <laughs> so they all came over to the boat. We all had a game night, and then we all got up and hiked. But it was a funny. Mountain the next morning. But it was funny because at like nine o'clock, we're like, okay, we're meeting at the beach at eight in the morning, and then at eleven p.m., we're like, okay, let's meet at nine a.m. And then at midnight, everyone's like, maybe let's meet at ten in the morning. Like it just kept getting later. The night went on. The later the morning kept getting pushed on. And I think really everybody was like waiting for somebody else to be like maybe we just won't do the hike no that but was Travis my stipulation was everybody yep. to it. so ma peggy is this i think it's the highest point in beckway i could be wrong about that i think so maybe we'll, right. we'll go with that Let's but it's just this keep spitting false information yeah in this look up podcast. ma peggy let us know <laughs> but it's just this point on the south end of beckway where this lady ma peggy used mm-hmm. to climb up to and spot the pods of whales when they were a whaling community mm-hmm. and then she would Relay the information. Not sure how that was relayed either. Yeah, I don't know. She... Pigeon. Carrier <laughs> pigeon. I guess so. <laughs> to the boats out in the bay. She's just calling down. Yeah. Hello down there. <laughs> and yeah, so that she would spot the pods of whales and then send the boats out to capture them. Yeah, and honestly, it was a much harder hike than I remember the first time around. Well, I think that might be because it was so hot in the middle oh, of the yeah. day. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> By the time... All three boats of ours pulled ourselves out of bed, got some food in us, and then got to the trailhead. What time was it by the time we started the hike? Like, I, I don't know. 11? Well, well, to be fair, last time we did this hike, we taxied to the trailhead, and this time we walked from the beach. That's true. Which was like it longer than the whole hike. That's true. We had to walk around <laughs> the entire island just to get to the trailhead. Yeah, to get to where it goes vertical. <laughs> so I feel like that was a huge pain in the butt. I was already exhausted. Me too. And we brought one bottle of water because we've done this hike before and we know that we can do it on one bottle of water, but we were done with that bottle of water by the time we got to the trailhead. Yes, one bottle of water <laughs> is adequate when you are taxied. Yep. to the base of the trail, yep. and then you only need one bottle of water to go up. But yeah. then you need an additional bottle of water for the entire walk across the island. Yeah. Thankfully, we took the vertical route down. Instead of the long tour around the island, we just went down like a riverbed, basically. Yep. From the top to the bottom. Straight down. Straight down. Super slippery. Yeah. Chaos. Mm-hmm. But it was quick. Yes, most direct <laughs> route. We got there on a jiffy. Straight down. So, yeah, Ma Peggy was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was a fun hike. Yeah, and it was really pretty because you could see the boats in the bay from the oh. top. So you, it was kind of fun to, you know, see our floating homes and um, the gorgeous water, of course. So it was a really pretty view from the top, too. So it made it worth it, for sure. Yeah, I don't think you really get that perspective 
from being on your boat. Right. Like when you're so high, I think we were like 700 feet, which doesn't seem that high, but like when you're 700 feet above the bay your boats are in and there's mm-hmm. like the water, you can see every little shoal, you can see every little sandbar, you can see everything, every little rock out there. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it so, was cool. So yeah, so we did that and then we did actually leave the next morning. We did, yeah. yes. <laughs> We made the smart decision to call it a night early on. Yes. And then we got some good sleep and we did wake up at 4 a.m. And we were got had a few things we needed to get situated on the boat in the morning. Um, And then we were anchor up by 5 a.m. And that was the goal. I said, I want to be anchor up at 5. And we pulled the anchor up and we're motoring out of the band. I was like, what time is it? And Megan was like, it's 5.02. And like the anchor's already up. We're already motoring. I was like, oh, man, we nailed that perfectly. It was, yeah. And it was so nice because... I do not like overnight sails, Mm-mm. especially it was a no moon night. Well, the moon, I guess, rose early. Yeah. So there was a moon, but it was not out still at 5 a.m. But anyways, it was a really dark night, and I really don't like overnight sails unless we have to do them. But overnight sails are kind of special because you usually get just gorgeous night skies with the stars and the shooting stars, and then the sunrises are amazing. So leaving at 5 a.m. was perfect because there were so many stars out still. So we got to see all the stars, and then we were only sailing for almost two hours, hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. And then we got to watch the sunrise. And the sunrise was crazy. It was neon. Mm-hmm. It looked like a pink highlighter. It was the brightest sunrise I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It looks like when I was taking pictures of it, it looks like the photos are already edited. Yeah. Like it was. It's like somebody turned the saturation to 10. Mm-hmm. Like it was too much. It was so cool. Yeah. The phone couldn't even capture it. Yes. So that and, was really pretty. And then the sail out of Beckway was fine. We motored out of Beckway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the engine was on for about an hour and then we melted the, uh, I don't know what this piece on an alternator is called. It's like the little plastic fan part on the front of it. So as soon as we get behind St. Vincent, actually where we need to, uh, where we need the motor, we yeah. realize that we don't have a motor and now there's no wind back there. <laughs> So Megan's trying to sail and like, what, six knots of wind? Would you have four knots of wind? Like nothing. It eventually died to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just bobbing around out there. I had to cut this little plastic thing off. And fortunately, I think what had happened is I had some bad grounds. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the engine, like the grounds for the actual engine were corroded. So I sanded those down, put everything back together, fired that baby up. We motored all the way past St. Vincent, and it seemed to be working fine. Yeah. It was pulling normal volts and normal normal amps, mm-hmm. so who knows, man, on a boat. There's little, there's little gremlins in these boats, I swear. <laughs> and every time you need something, it's like, ah, nah, not today. <laughs> you don't get that alternator. We're just in your boat, just like cutting wires, <laughs> oh. taking, unscrewing bolts that yeah. need to be there. Exactly. I swear those little gremlins, gremlins that live in the floorboards. <laughs> Bilge gremlins, that's what I'm going to call them. They're probably the ones that put the cockroaches in the boat, too. Oh, yeah, they are. Those little buggers. Unleashed a bunch of cockroaches. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But those cuts that we were talking about, the first one was a dream. I mean, between Beckway and mainland St. Vincent, I mean, it was 15 knots right on the beam. It was just beautiful sailing all the way through. no big deal. And then behind St. Vincent was flat calm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was... I mean, just as calm as an ocean could ever be. Yeah. And then we popped out from St. Vincent. Things got, I mean, not sideways, but got real. Yeah. Like, there was probably eight foot seas, short periods, coming from like a, coming from like a northeast angle. So we were kind of smacking them. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Close hauled somehow going north in the eastern Caribbean. Yeah. Not we fair. Not fair. That's not what I signed up for this season. <laughs> this season is supposed to be trade winds all season. 
on a reach until I'm forced to downwind to Florida. That's that all. That is how it should be. The weather is really messed up yeah. this late in the season this year. I don't know why. So we were kind of at least a little bit prepared for this situation yep. because we knew that the winds had been really strong in the wrong direction for a long time. So we knew it was kicking up the waves yep. in the cut a little bit more than normal. Absolutely. But still not comfy. Yeah, not comfy <laughs> at all. And man, as soon as we broke free, I mean, you could see, like, it was like glass calm water. And then you could see, like, where the wind and the mm-hmm. waves were coming around the island. And then as soon as we got out in that cut, man, it turned on. It mm-hmm. was 20 to 25 knots almost all the way across yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually in those cuts, it'll drop to like 13, 15. Oh, you'll get a gust of 20. Ooh, a t- gust of 25. <laughs> it was like 20, 25, 22, 20, 25. I mean, it did not let up. I mean, it was going. Luckily, we, we went into this with reef sails, mm-hmm. and we just chilled all the way across it. It really wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't comfortable, but like, I think just last last season broke us. Like, <laughs> yeah, eight foot seas on a short period and twenty five knots of wind. The boat can do that, and we know the boat can do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah, we but don't want to do, do that. I mean, luckily, yeah, luckily we did have the strong winds though. I think which really helped us because oh, yeah. the seas were pretty big, and so I think the wind allowed us to kind of skirt over the top and oh, kind yeah. of cut through some of those waves. Yep. So it honestly was a little bit uh, smoother when you put out some more head sail and actually put out more sail. Yeah, Megan was like, I'm going to go to lay down, and this is what I'm notorious for. Megan goes and lays down, I let all the sail out. She immediately comes up, what are you doing? I said, because we were doing like four and a half knots with reef sails. Mm-hmm. And we were just like burying the nose, bucking, burying the nose. And I was like, dude, we got to get we got to get more speed to be able to go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I put the whole head out with a reefed mane. Dude, we were doing like six knots, just flying across that cut, just way more smooth. It was a lot more smooth, so I'm glad you made that decision. It is unnerving, however, when I'm laying in the back, and it's just like so rolly, and Kala is just can't even walk because she's just getting like tossed around everywhere. So I have her in the back bedroom with me, and I'm like holding her as we're both just sliding off the bed. And then I hear Travis letting more sail out, and then I look out my window, and I'm underwater. <laughs> I love that for myself. So I'm like, are we capsizing, or is Travis just sailing? Yeah. The so- question of life. <laughs> See, my theory is, is I'm in the cockpit, and we don't have a full enclosure, so Megan doesn't like to be on a lean. And my theory is the more on a lean we are when we're smacking waves, the less wet that I get because oh, okay. the boat's leaned over so much. <laughs> so we see the truth is that you're worried about yourself. I just don't not like being me wet. And your daughter. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm just kidding. No, it was a, it was a good decision, honestly. Yeah, it was. The the worst we've sailed to St. Lucia well, three times now, but two times from south to north. And St. Lucia is one of the hardest islands to sail mm. into because you can see the pitons forever. Mm-hmm. From the south side of, it seemed like from the south side of St. Vincent, you could see the pitons. Mm-hmm. And you're only moving at five knots, but they're really 40 miles away. And they just get bigger so slowly. It just takes forever. Like you feel like, oh, I can see St. Lucia. We're there. Mm-hmm. And then four hours later, you're like, they're only a little bit bigger. Yeah. Why are we not there? And it's then two torturous. hours later, you're still not there. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you know, almost at the at the island itself. And it's like, why are we still so far away? Yeah. But it's... the pitons are magnificent. Oh, so, so like pretty. sail into the south side of St. Lucia, probably the prettiest islands I think there is. Yes. Like when you're sailing and you have those two massive pitons just shooting up out of the mm-hmm. ocean 
it's a feeling Such a gorgeous sight yeah it's undescribable like yeah. it's so freaking pretty i hate sailing to saint lucia but i love sailing past saint lucia yeah because i mean also by the same token you have the pitons as a view yeah. and a backdrop for hours and yeah. hours and hours yes. going past them so it's really nice to have the that view just Especially when we hit it kind of at sunset. Oh, so nice. Yes. So we were about an hour off on our timing. I actually thought sunset was at six thirty, but it's at five thirty. I was like, <laughs> oh dude, we're gonna we're gonna get there, we're gonna have anchor down, we're gonna watch sunset. My bad. We were an hour off, so we came into Rodney at dark. Yeah, which we could have made a different decision and stopped at any of the other yeah. anchorages along the way. But we really wanted to get to Rodney, so we just kind of decided to anchor in the dark. Which, again, we've been here multiple times, so we felt comfortable anchoring at night here. So yeah. I we, think that was a good good choice. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else does this, but I pin where I've anchored previously on my Navionics. So I knew, like, I had a pin that I was going right to. I know it's a beautiful sandy bottom. It's about 17 feet deep. So I was like, we're just going there. We're going to drop the hook. It's going to dig in. We're going to sleep like babies. Unfortunately, we didn't sleep like babies because it was rolly as heck that night. It was. It was rolly. And it was a pretty bouncy sail so i felt bad for Kala. oh and then it calmed down a little bit when we first dropped the hook compared yep. to what we had been in right and we're like oh this is gonna be such a nice night and then i don't know if the tides changed or what but it was like three in the morning everything was falling over and i'm like i cannot we have to re-anchor the boat yeah i'm like this is the longest night of my life and Kala couldn't get comfortable but so oh first well. thing literally first thing that morning we pulled the anchor up go to the north side by pigeon island drop the hook perfectly chilling yeah i mean we learned we learned from last week in our experience in beckway mm-hmm. when we <laughs> stayed in a raleigh spot too long and then we eventually re-anchored so you don't really? regret re-anchoring no never especially if you know we we knew somebody on the north end and we asked him how it was and they're like it's you're chilling over here so we're like yep first thing i think like seven in the morning pulled the anchor went to the north side we're 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 doing good now yep all right, so that is our week. We always like to finish you off with uh, something you learned. So what is something you learned? Yes, uh, I love this part where we're going to tell <laughs> a little tidbit about our week. Uh, something I learned and a story I really loved was when we were on the bus tour on mainland St. Vincent, um, the bus driver, the tour guide, guy that picked us up, he was driving past and there was several um, stray dogs on the side of the road. And he was like, you know, you guys may see a lot of stray animals around here, but that doesn't mean we don't love them. We all as an island and as a community take care of all of our stray animals and we feed them and make sure they have water and make sure they're taken care of, even if they don't have a home. And I really love that because we see a lot of stray animals here in the islands. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see how many animals we're always posting about. Um, But that really made me feel good that... You know, they're not abused or not um, really struggling that the island really comes together and takes care of them still. So that was really nice, I thought. Yes, that was really cool to hear that from them. And gave me all warm and fuzzy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's something you learned this week? Something I learned is to always know who the boat around you are. Does that make sense? Yep. (laughs) So we had an experience on the boat. Calla was just sleeping on the satee area and Megan walked by and bumped the table mm-hmm. and spooked her so bad. She jumped off the satee, hit the wall, jumped off the wall, <laughs> hit the floor. She was so spooked for absolutely no she reason. She looked like a cartoon. Like, yeah. you know those cartoons where the cats are just like bouncing off the wall? <laughs> That's, That's 100% like. what she was doing. 
So Megan bends down to, to like try to calm her down and cuddle her. And Travis and I were like laughing about it because yes. he was in the kitchen, watched this whole thing. I was like dying of laughter because she just looked so funny. So we're both laughing. And then I felt bad because she looked so scared. So I was like, I'm sorry. And she just goes to like bring her in and hug her. And she, uh, Calla used Megan's face as a springboard mm-hmm. to get back on the settee where this all originated from. Oh and uh, Calla just cut Megan's eyes, like under her eyelids, so bad. Mm-hmm. And it was terrifying. I just, I see Calla jump and get on the settee, and Megan, like, kind of screams and holds her eye. And I was like, what just happened? And I walk over, and she pulls her hand off her eye, and her hand's covered in blood. Her Face is covered in blood. Her eye has blood in it. She's crying. It just looks like a a scene from some uh, a murder scene almost. Like it was chaos, and I was like freaked out instantly. Megan's freaked out. I wanted to make sure her eye wasn't cut. Mm-hmm. So luckily we figured it out. It was just her eyelid. What is that part called? Like just under your eye. Yeah. I guess like your lower eyelid area. Where my wrinkles are. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna, that one's gonna look like a wrinkle soon. So instantly I call my sister. She's a nurse. I'm like, dude, what do we do? And she's like, yeah, cat scratches are nasty. Like, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you get it clean. We have some Guatemalan <laughs> rubbing alcohol that doesn't have anything in hydrogen English. Hydrogen peroxide. Oh, yeah, hydrogen peroxide. We can't even read the label on it. We don't know what this stuff is. So It was burning so bad, and we couldn't get the bleeding to stop. We put some ice in a bag and tried to, like, just get pressure on it and all this stuff. And Travis is on the phone with his sister. He's like... I can put this hydrogen peroxide. I know I should clean it out. And I'm like, I think we need medical help. Like, ask your sister if that's okay. I'm not putting hydrogen peroxide. It was so close to my eye. It It was. So bad. So my story is knowing the boats around you because Andrea on Low Expectations is a Mm -hmm. nurse and she was actually teaching some classes this summer in Grenada. Mm -hmm. About like first aid and wound care and stuff. Yeah. So we, we call Andrea, and she's like, yeah, get over here now. So we went over there, yep. and Andrea cleaned you up perfectly. I mean, I don't what was she using, saline solutions? Sa- yeah, she had, like, saline syringes, where she, so she was able to, like, deep clean it out. And, like, how many cc's? Like, 50 cc's? 50 what? cc's, if we have medical people out there, of saline solutions. Yeah, and she was like, oh, this is way deeper than I thought it was. Yes, and then she had wound glue as well, because yes. she said that it was a gaping wound yep. scratch. So I guess that means that it need, would have needed stitches, but she had wound glue, so she was able to glue it up, which was just so impressive on a moving boat. Yes. Um, and then she also had some antibiotics yeah. because she knew, you know, that what kind of bacteria cats could carry, so she stitched it all up. So I've got a crusty under eyelid right now with the yeah. glue still on it. But. but Andrea had a horror story about a cat scratch as well, where she mm. was like on an IV drip for two weeks because of a, because of a cat strap's scratch so she was like very serious like yeah. we need to get this clean we need to get this taken care of immediately and mm-hmm. she did a phenomenal job incredible yeah and i guess she was worried because it was so close to my eye yes. that if it did get infected it would have like gotten to my eye so yes so yes andrea thank you we yeah. love you that was a huge lifesaver because i don't know i mean Beckway is pretty small so i don't oh, know what yeah. we would have done and it was kind of later in the afternoon so most places would have been closed so yep. i don't even know if there's like a medical Hospital, we didn't have any cleaning supplies, so I guess something we learned is that we should probably get some True. cleaning supplies. Maybe that place. should be my something <laughs> I learned, rather than relying on buddy boats. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was really weird. Kella and I are still friends. I don't know. Megan's taking a while to forgive her. I'm better now. Yeah. Right after, I was like, dude, 
what the heck? Yeah. Because she's usually very attached to me. Like, when we sail and she's scared, she, like, runs to my lap. So then when she was scared and I was trying to cuddle her and she did that, I was like, bro, yep. why did you do that to yeah, me? It was bad. I'm so unbelievably grateful it did not get your eye. Oh, me too. We would have been probably flying home. That like, would have been that, a nightmare. Yeah, that, that was a nasty cut. Yeah. So that was, was our, good. <laughs> yeah, that was our exciting week. Get to know your buddy boats. Get to know the, uh, I'm glad the locals take care of the dogs. Uh, me too. And that's it. I hope you guys all enjoy this and have a wonderful evening. Absolutely. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.